What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Podcast Athlete. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, I mean, let's get right into it. Guest, Guest over, over here, here Mac, Mac McGregor Richmond. How's it going? How's it going? I'm doing well. Just tell me, talk to me about you. Uh, what sports do you play? And uh, yeah, let's just get straight into that. So, I'm a hockey player, uh, I play stuff you know, in the summer and stuff like that, but the only serious sport I play is hockey, focused on that all year round, so well, it's definitely was... fun. So I've played AAA pretty much my whole life, and then this year I signed with Mississauga Steelheads of the OHL, so I was an AP for that, played eight games, so mix of OHL and AAA. Okay, I mean, what made you get into hockey? Like, growing up and, like, when you were a kid and stuff like that, like, was there an emphasis on that sport more than others growing up? I would say, yeah, my, my dad was a professional hockey player over in Europe and North America. His dad was a professional hockey player, so definitely runs in the family. And I was on the ice early. I was skating by two years old and right. playing hockey in leagues by about four years old. So I was definitely always into it, and there was uh, really no question for me. I, I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah, so did you go straight out? So when you started playing hockey, like, did, was it straight into AAA, or did you make your way up until there? So when you're super young, there really isn't many levels that you can play at. So when I started at about four years old, I just started in what's called opti hockey in Aurora, and it's basically just kids that are starting to play hockey. Yeah. Then after that, it was uh, you know into like house league and stuff like that. And by the time I was seven, I was playing pretty much the highest level you could. It was like AAA, but it really wasn't called AAA. It was called like Super Sevens or something like that. But by seven till till now, it's been pretty much AAA. So it was been fun. So I mean, you being bred to play hockey is one thing, but like, what made you kind of want to continue playing it up until this point right now? So just every year playing it, it's the thing I get excited for. You know, start of the season, you get hyped up. Playoffs, you get hyped up. It's just an all-year-round thing for me. Even the off-season is super fun because you're on the ice, you're grinding. You know, you're getting better. So just the love of the game has just kept me interested in it for pretty much my entire life. Okay, so just to break it down over here, so you play for which team? Miss. Mississauga Steelheads, and that's your OHL team, and then you're also playing for the Toronto Nationals of the GTHL. That dynamic right now, how's that going between, um, you know, you shifting between each teams? So it's 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 a pretty big shift. I won't lie. Uh, with my Nats, uh, it's a lot more normal for me. I would yeah. say, a lot more comfortable. Um, with the Steelheads, sometimes you get out of your comfort zone, but that's where you want to be. That's how you get better. So. I would say with the Nats, I'm definitely used to it. Yeah. And then when I get to the Steelheads, it's definitely a big jump. But, you know, that's what I'm ready for, and that's what I want to get ready for. So I, I enjoy it. So this was your draft year, correct? Yeah. Walk me through that process in terms of, you know, you, know, you getting the call or finding out, and then, like, what, what kind of went after that? So it really all started at the start of my U16 season. You know, I was on the Nats as well. Uh, we were going into it, high hopes. You know, everyone's excited because at the end of the year, the draft is there, and that's what we've all been waiting for for the past four or five years. Um, so really going through the season, the first half was tough for our team. Uh, we, weren't, we weren't scoring much, stuff like that, but we stayed, we stayed together. Second half, we made a big push, fell short of the playoffs by about three points and didn't get an OHL Cup wildcard bid. So it, it was definitely tough in that sense, but the team stayed together, and we had a really good second half, so we got to showcase ourselves a little bit. Yep. And you know, by the time the draft came around, um, I kind of, I kind of knew that I want where I wanted to go, which was obviously Mississauga, 
and we'll I just didn't know. I just didn't know way. where. Yeah. So when the draft came around, I was I was confident, but I was also you know excited, nervous because it's finally the day. So when the day came around, woke up nice and early, uh, went downstairs and watched the two rounds that were happening before mine, because yep. um, the first three rounds were the day before. So I watched the fourth and fifth. Sixth round rolled around, and I was like, okay, this might be it. Steelheads came up. Um, I saw my name come up. And right away, my friend Anthony called me, and I thought it was the Steelheads calling me to say that I've been drafted. So I looked at my phone all excited, and it's Anthony calling me. So I had to tell him that I have to hang up. You know, I got to wait for this Good call. call yeah. Two more picks go by, and then I finally get the FaceTime call from JR. Uh, I pick up. He's passing the phone around the room, you know, Who's everyone's JR? congratulating me. So JR is my dad, yep. and he happens to be the head coach and general manager of the Mississauga Steelheads, so that's pretty cool dynamic there. And he was passing it around to people that I've known for the past six, seven years that he's been there. And, you know, they were all just con congratulating me, and it was just a surreal experience. I was there at home with my mom, so we were all just celebrating. It must have been amazing. I want to talk to you about that dynamic between you and your dad right now, because your dad's your head coach, right? So. What was that like in terms of, you know, I'm sure growing up, he was probably your, your main coach in terms of being the first one to lace you up. And then, you know, at the age of what, what, what age did you start playing at? Two, three, two, two, three, two, yeah. exactly. So like now becoming in more of a professional setting, how was that relationship in terms of like, okay, you got drafted, now what? Between him and you, where was that? So when I'm at the rink uh, now, not so much when I was a kid, but when I'm at the rink now, uh, it's never dad. Uh, it's always JR. Yeah. All the players call him JR or coach and stuff like that. So when I'm at the rink, there's no special treatment at all. If, if I do something wrong, he's going to rip me just like he rips all the other yeah. players. And if I do something good, he'll tell me just the same. So at the rink, it's uh, quite a professional setting. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's still my dad. So, so I do love him for that. But when I'm at the rink, it's all business with him. 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's great. Talking a little bit more about your dad. So, I mean, we could go back into his past right now. Um, in terms of where he's coached and his credentials because he has a pretty amazing credential for coaching. So just talk to me a little yeah, bit Yeah, so he, he played for the Toronto Young Nats organization when he was in minor hockey. And then years later, you know, he played professional in Europe uh, for over a decade. He was there. All stories about that. Cool. And then while he was there, when he started getting into his later years, his body was kind of slowing down a little bit. Yeah. He was still a player, but he transitioned into what's called a player coach. Yeah. They don't have that much anymore but he was an assistant coach for his team and he also played. So he really got coaching experience pretty early. So when he came back to North America after he played senior A and he said, you know what, I, I can't play anymore. He got right into coaching and he's been coaching as long as I've been alive. When I was born, he was with Georgetown Junior A. When I was three, he went to Aurora Tigers Junior A and he also got a job with the Los Angeles Kings of the NHL, and he was their skills and development coach for a good number of years, which was amazing. And let's talk about where that led specifically. Yeah, so when he was with the Los Angeles Kings, he was there. He started really the year they won their first cup in 2012, but he wasn't fully involved yet. The next year, he was fully involved there. He was flying out every month, once a week. Um, I mean, <laughs> once a month for a whole week. And he would go there, you know, do his skills, do his training and stuff. I went with him a couple times. And it ended up turning out pretty well as the next year they won the Stanley Cup again. He got a nice Stanley Cup ring. He was at the game, and it was, it was pretty cool to see on TV. He's there with all the players celebrating after they won the Stanley Those Cup. That amazing. I got a funny story about the ring, too. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you actually know this, but, okay, just to break it down, me and McGregor have known each other for a pretty long time. Um, 
we used to live next to each other and then I moved. Um, but there's one time, it was in the summertime, uh, I'm a Habs fan, born and raised that way. This guy, I mean, your dad, you guys are all LA King fans. Um, so his dad actually came up to me one day. Out of nowhere, he pulls out the ring, the LA King's ring, and he hands it to me. He's just like, I want you to go back inside to your house, and I want you to go show it to your family. I don't, I don't know if I told you that, but he actually handed it to me. He's just like, and I actually got to see it, which was a pretty cool thing, because I never thought I'd see that in my life before. But um, I just want to talk to you, like you were mentioning earlier before that you've went with him to the LA Kings to, you know, you know, when he was doing his job and stuff like that. So what type of influence did that have on you being surrounded in that type of professional environment from such a young age? Yeah, so being surrounded even by the junior A players was cool, but really getting to see that NHL experience going with them. Uh, you know, you're in LA, so it's obviously, you're a little starstruck. It's the nice weather, the beaches and stuff. But when we got to the rink, I, I wouldn't care if it was minus 40 outside. Just to see the dressing room, all the players, you know, even the coach, Daryl Sutter, he's with Calgary now. I got to meet him. Um, I almost went out and practiced with them the one time. It was just a surreal experience to see these NHL players on a daily basis do what they do. And it really made me think, man, you know, I want to be there. Like, that's where I want to be. After seeing how they, how they do that every day and how they live, I just knew, yeah, that's what I want to do. That was definitely rooted in, into you from a young age at that point. Um, and then your dad ended up what, transitioning from that position to the OHL, correct? Yeah, so he was still with LA for his first year in the OHL because he was a, an assistant coach. Once he took over the head coaching job, uh, he really needed his full attention on that. So he stopped uh, doing the skills and development with the LA Kings officially. Yeah. He'll still skate with NHL players. He trains during the summer, whoever wants to come out. So, but he was officially full-time with the Steelheads, head coach, and then the next year he took over the general manager position as well. So for the last five, six years, he's been both, which is a lot of work on his shoulders, but you know, he's up for it and it, it's, been, it's been good so far. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is about you, not your dad right now. So I do want to ask you, what, how important is it for you to specifically create a, your own name for yourself at this point in time? Because you are under your dad for your coaching in the OHL. But, I mean, how important is it for you to, you know, just create your own name? Yeah, so people are always going to, you know, bring that up whether they like me or not. Um, that is always going to be something they can have against me. Uh, and my job is to make it something that they really can't have against me, you know. Growing up, um, he was never my actual coach, like, on the bench and stuff like that, which was, which was nice. You know, I had him after the games tell me what I did, what I did well, what I did wrong. But growing up, I never had him as an official coach, which was nice. Uh, you know, you get, you get a bunch of different opinions and you get to say, you know, I, I, I became the player I am without him having to play me a bunch, stuff like that, like the excuses that would usually be made. Yeah. Um, so now I know that, you know, I deserve to be here. You know, I've, I've put in the work and I'm going to keep putting in the work to show that, you know, I belong here. And it's not just because of the name on the back of my jersey. It could be whoever is coaching and I, I would still have this spot. So it's really important to me, and that's what I, what I strive towards. Yeah, I like that. It's that mentality of just, you know, kind of proving everyone wrong because right now, I mean, you're just starting your career. Um, you know, there's definitely going to be a lot more along the way, but it's good that you have that mentality from at this point, you know, moving forward is to, you know, have, you know, have that chip on your shoulder, right? Because everyone's going to be always pointing fingers and stuff like that, but it's good on, it's good on you for, you know, keeping strong on that note. Um, training regimen. So, I mean, how does that look? Because I know we talked about it earlier, um, you know, so you go to school with me, King City, yeah. um, but then you actually have to leave at some point in the day to go to the Mississauga facility, correct? So just walk me through that entire, you know, that training regimen. 
Yeah, so this year has been quite unique being with both teams. So the good thing is my Nats practices are always late at night, so I don't need to miss any school for that. You know, they're pretty, they're pretty out of the way. Yeah. But when I do get called up with the Steelheads, they practice right in the middle of the day because the players that are on their team have a school schedule if they're still in high school. If not, they don't do school anymore, so they can come in whenever. So I will go to school for about the first period, you know, get my work done. Uh, if it's math, if it's English, you know, those are my first two periods. So I got to get that done. And then I make sure I have all my work that I'm going to miss throughout the day and head to the rink, you know, get there on time, just like the rest of the players, do my workout with my group and then have a good practice. And when I get home, I make sure I catch up on the work that I missed. And it, it's a lot, but it, it works well. And if you stick with it, it's, it's really worth it. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk to you about that specifically because for me, um, I mean, my schedule is the same. It's kind of the same as you in terms of the boxing. So, I mean, I got the same same two periods in the morning. Then I got to rush over to the training. Um, you know, that lasts for about two hours. And then I got to make my way back to school, finish the rest of the day in school. And then, you know, whether it's, you know, I come do some strength and conditioning. But, like, that's what I mean. Like, the, both of our schedules are in terms of, like, pretty jam-packed in terms of training. So, while it is easy to kind of stay, you know, like – having that much structure is easy like on a mental note how is that for you in terms of you know always being on the go it's definitely tiring you know it, it gets a lot and when you get in those moments where you're like do I really want to do this you just think like to the to the times like when I said I was walking in the king's dressing room like that's where I want to be yeah. you just think back to that and it gives you that little bit of extra motivation you know your schedule might be packed you might be tired but in the end it's going to be worth it so while it is a lot, you just got to push through it and you do the same thing, you know, when you're tired, you just got to get through it because it's going to be worth it after. Yeah, no, that mental adversity is definitely like a huge component. Being able to push and looking for the better side on it, um, always seeing, you know, you know, just the be the more positive things that come out, you know, for me, like when I'm doing all those extra type of things, I see it as an edge that I have over other people. So while it may not be easy in a sense, you know, I know kids my age, they're not necessarily working as hard as I am, right? In terms of you, you know, there's, there's very few kids your age who are, you know, at the consistency of the training that you're doing right now. So it's good on you that you have that mental, you know, um, competitiveness and that advantage because it just gives us an edge that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, yeah, it's with your teammates too. They, they, they're your brothers, they're your teammates, but that's who you're competing with every day, even more than your opponents. You're competing with your teammates for, especially in the OHL, you're competing for spots in the lineup. You're competing for ice time. You're competing for everything, your chance to play, right? So they are your brothers, but when it gets on that ice and you have to prove yourself, it's all business and you, you gotta make sure you make the most of what you get because nothing is, is just given to you, especially at that level. Nothing is just handed to you. You, ha you have to go out and work for it. So having that competitive advantage it's really good because you're, you're competing with everybody, really. Yeah, and right now we're so young. Like, I mean, like, for us, like, having those little, like, kind of, you know, glimpses where we're just like, oh, shoot, I don't want to push. Like, for the, I don't know about you, but for me, that's, that, it is kind of rare in the sense that we're really hungry right now because of how young we are. Um, and then on that note of being in competition with other people, especially your teammates and stuff like that, that's another driving factor for me, and I'm sure it is as well for you because you just want to be the best, right? You know, any athlete who's out there right now, you're working to compete to be the best and that's all like if you're not doing that then I mean I don't really know like there's not much to it right yeah there's a difference between uh, you know playing the game of hockey yeah. just to play yeah and wanting to be a hockey player so the people that want to be hockey players are the ones that are putting in the extra work they're the ones that get to that level like you look at Connor McDavid 
he, he, he is one of the most serious people you could see. Like, he doesn't goof around. But there's a reason why he's the best player in the world. He, he puts in the work and he trains every day because that's where he wants to be. And look at him, he, he's the best player there is. So, you know, there's definitely a time and place for everything, but when it comes to getting better, you just gotta stick to it. Push and everything else you gotta put, Yeah, exactly. You gotta make the sacrifices to be the best because, you know, you weigh it out and let's say partying. Like, I don't go to, I'm not a huge party guy. I know you're not a huge party guy because- Always in the gym. Rather be training. Yeah. So, you know, this one party, like, you, oh, you wanna go, but you know, the training is gonna set you apart. While those people are partying, they're not getting any better. When you're training, you can get better. There'll be another time for that. There'll be another time where you're free to do it, yeah. where you don't have anything. But if you have training, if you have hockey, you don't skip it. You got to go to it and you got to get better. And we talked about this earlier, you know, like we were saying how even, okay, it doesn't have to be party, partying aside, right? In terms of like school hockey, we were just talking about that earlier where like there's a lot of sacrifices that have to be made, um, whether for you for school hockey, for me, it's just, you know, being going out with friends and stuff like that. But those are the type of cuts that we have to make in our lives if you really want to push to get to the higher level. So like you mentioned, school hockey. This year, I wasn't able to play school hockey as much as maybe I did want to. Um, one, I think it would have been a lot with managing three different teams. Uh, and two, because I signed a deal with the OHL, um, you're not allowed to play school hockey anymore. It's the same thing with junior. Once you sign or you play, you're not allowed to go back and play school hockey. So. You know, that was a sacrifice that had to be made. That would have been fun to play with my buddies and stuff, but I think it was worth it. And I got to play school hockey last year. Um, and as much as it was fun, I know where I want to be. And it was definitely worth it to sign that deal and, and leave school hockey aside for this year. 100%. Um, I, I want to move forward, okay, because we're talking about the LA Kings for a little bit before. Um, there's a specific player that I want to point out because I know you've had this relationship with him that's you know been pretty outstanding. Tyler Toffoli. So me and Tyler, we go a long way back because he was the first player from LA that my dad actually trained. Yeah. So I got to meet him when I was younger. And since he was the first player that my dad trained, they've kept in touch and he still trains them. Uh, last summer when he was still on the Habs, uh, he was training in the summer with me. I got to see him. Uh, so throughout me growing up, he's been there as well. And I, I've stayed in touch with him. I have his number on my phone. You know, we, we reach out to each other on Instagram. During COVID, when everything was shut down, I, I was playing Fortnite with him and a couple of his NHL buddies. So yeah. it, it's a pretty cool experience, too. Can we name them or not? Yeah. yeah. Patrick so, uh No. So I, I, I would play. We would do squads. Yeah. So I was a little bit of a sweat at Fortnite during quarantine. So they needed someone to carry them. So it was Tyler Toffoli, Alec Martinez, and Jack Campbell, who was the goalie for the Leafs at the time. Alec Martinez scored the game-winning goal for the LA Kings, double overtime to win the Stanley Cup. He plays for Vegas now. Yeah. And then Ty, I know him. So we would play almost every day for, for an hour or two. And I got to play with them. So it, it was cool getting to meet them. But yeah, like you said, Ty, I've had a really good relationship with him over the last, you know, almost 10 years now. Like a mentor? Yeah, almost like a mentor. I, I wear 73 because of him. Um, on the Steelheads, I wear 78 because there was a 73. but. I, I've worn 73 pretty much my whole life since I've met him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just pretty cool to have that mentor and a friend at the same time who's at that level that you want to be in. I mean, he's having an amazing year right now. He's leading the Calgary Flames in goals and points. So uh, I think he's doing a great job and uh, I, I just look up to him as a player. And it's nice that I have that relationship that with him. With someone who's, you know, in the pros right over there, right? He's on the show. Yeah. Um, shifting a little bit more in terms of like that mentor figure. Um, this could be anyone. 
But um, who, who's the, I guess, the biggest person or the most important person who you look up to as an athlete? Um, could be alive, dead. It could be, you know, someone close to you. You actually have a relationship with them. But who do you look up to um, in terms of just motivation or anything like that? I would say there's a couple people. I would say one of them is definitely Tyler Toffoli, and one of them would be my dad yeah. because they both uh, have experiences. They both played throughout their whole lives, and they've both been very, like, very close to me, giving me advice, stuff like that. So I'd say definitely them too. Um, you know, as much as my dad hasn't been my coach, every time he sees me play, you know, he gives me everything that I need to work on. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. Um, he may not have a great memory outside of hockey, but if he comes and watches one of your games, he can remember every shift. So he, he'll tell you what you did wrong, what you did right, how you should keep going. And I think that is just a sign of a great mentor right there. Yeah. Not only a father, but he, he's been a good mentor to me, you know, teaching me how to skate, all that stuff. It's just all thanks to him. And I'm sure even specifically right now with you, like, you know, like now you're actually pushing, so it's getting a little bit more real in terms of playing with the OHL, uh, in the OHL. Um, and that dynamic between him being your coach and stuff like that, I'm sure like that mentor figure is coming out a lot more um, because it's actually, it's real now, right? Like it's, it was, you know, it was one thing as a kid, you know, you're growing up and you have someone there who's kind of guiding you along the way. But when it's actually now it's being applied, you know, his teachings and stuff like that, I'm sure it's like, a, it's pretty cool to be honest, right? Yeah, it's definitely pretty cool because it's, it's an everyday thing now. Not only is he my father at home, but at the rink, he is my coach yeah. and you know, whether I like it or not, I gotta listen. To, I gotta listen to him. He he knows better than me. So as much as you know, we argue sometimes. You know, the player thinks he's right a lot. Your coach is your coach, and uh, it'll be good to listen to him. So it's nice to have that mentorship every day now, uh, when I'm at the rink. So I look forward to that. Okay, I want to talk to you a little bit about your first goal in the OHL. Um, walk me through that entire experience um, in terms of the first game, too, as well. Um, yeah, just. Break it down for me. So I'll, I'll start with my first game. My first game was in early November um, against the Windsor Spitfires. Um, I was told that I was going to be playing. You know, you get a little bit of nerves. I played five preseason games, but, you know, this is the real deal, right? So, you know, you get a little bit of nerves before the game. You get to go out and do your rookie, rookie lap, which was amazing for me. Um, and then, you know, when you get into the game, you get that first shift over with. You get the nerves out. And it's game time because you're with the big boys now. Like Windsor this year, very good team. I think they finished first in the Western Conference. They had the highest scorer in the league. So you're going against some high caliber players, NHL draft picks, stuff like that. Yeah. And it was just a really cool moment actually being in that game and being able to you know, experience that. Um, and then obviously New Year's Eve, Hamilton Bulldogs at home. Uh, got, the, got the nod that I was playing in that game as well. I played the day before. But I got the nod that I was playing again. I had family in from Halifax, um, everywhere. So I had, I had about 20 people come to the game because they found out that I was playing. Yeah. Uh, it was short notice, but they just happened to be free. So there was 20, 25 people there to see me play. So obviously that was exciting. And uh, yeah, second period, buddy Eggie, he plays with me on the Nats as well. We're both called APs. Um, he got the puck into the zone. Nice play at the blue line. Goalie went behind the net to play it, kind of fumbled it a little bit. And he went the wrong way back out to his net. And I saw an opening, just grabbed the puck and didn't have a good angle to shoot it. So I tried to bank it off the goalie and in. Got a little bit lucky, but uh, first, it, it, first, it, first goal. goal is a first goal. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was definitely a crazy experience. My buddy got the puck. So after the game, it was just, it was just nice to see everyone there, um, even though it was a loss. So that was tough. Just seeing everyone there to see my first goal was yeah. quite the experience. Yeah. Future goals. I mean, 
obviously playing in the NHL is. Um, I mean, is that, that that's a goal, I assume, correct? Yeah. Um, what are the steps that you're now going to be taking moving on to, you know, get to that point? Yeah, so just keep uh, improving my training schedule, you know, uh, each year it's going to get tougher and tougher. So just getting used to that mindset of it's going to be every day, like whether you like it or not, you're grinding every day and it's going to be worth it in the end. So as much as it may be tough physically and mentally, um, if you can kind of get through that and see, see, the, see the good side of it while it may hurt, I think that's going to help me, you know, get to the next level and get to that pro hockey level, whether it's pro in North America, which would be amazing, NHL, AHL, or pro in Europe, just like my dad did. Either way, you have to be, you have to have that pro mindset of, okay, this is, this is what it's going to take, you know? Having your mindset on it definitely helps a lot because you have nothing else to worry about. Like, if that's what you have set on, you know, your tunnel focus, I'm sure anywhere in the pros where you end up wanting to play, if you work hard to it, you could get to that point. What are the struggles that you're facing right now in terms of um, training, whether it be uh, constantly on the grind or it could be like a, a physical type of adversity that you're facing? What's, I mean, what's going on? Yeah, I'd say right now, um, I'm sure a lot of other people could say this too, it's really just balancing the schedule out between school, you know, hockey, uh, as much as, Trust you me, know, you love, you, you love the grind. Uh, sometimes it does, it does get a lot. I'm sure everyone could agree. Um, you know, when you get those assignments building up and stuff like that but you know you got to keep grinding uh, you just gotta you got to tell yourself sometimes it's hard you know you don't want to argue with yourself you just want to be able to do it but sometimes you have to have that conversation and just you know look at yourself in the mirror and say you know what this has to be done and you know that gets hard sometimes but you just got to do it it's something that you got to work through and you know that it's gonna it's gonna make you better now on that topic of balancing out different things I mean for me personally that's a huge thing that like you know just the other day someone was asking me how I managed to do this you know uh, be a competitive boxer you know do well in school and do just a, I don't want to name all the things but you know they were asking me this, like how do you manage to do all these things yeah. and I, I think for me one thing that I struggle with is that uh, you can't always be the best at everything if you're doing many type of things um, yeah. for me it's always like if I'm if I'm pushing in one thing, you're, unfortunately, the reality is I'm going to be having to be lacking in something else. And that's something that I kind of struggle with a lot in terms of that dynamic of wanting to be the best in everything that I do. But sometimes it's not, it's, it's not as easy as we think it is, right? Yeah, sometimes reality just sets in. Uh, you know, some, sometimes first semester of school is usually the toughest for me because that's when, you know, school's in full tilt, hockey regular season's in full tilt. So this year was definitely tough with two teams plus the school year. Um, so during school, you know, I'd want to be focused, you know, get my schoolwork done, get good grades, because, you know, that's important as well. You, as much as, you know, you want to go pro hockey, you always have to have that, that idea in the back of your mind that, hey, stuff could happen, you got to be prepared. So I, I try to do as well as I can in school, but those late night practices, those Wednesday 9 to 11s, you're not getting home till 12.30, you got to eat, you know, go to bed and then wake up for school the next day, the next math class in the morning. <laughs> you ain't gonna be there. You're, you're, not, you're not all there to focus, you know, but that's, that's when the catching up comes in and that's when, you know, you have to find another time to, to get that work done, to make sure that you understand that topic because you're not always gonna be fully awake in class. You're not always gonna be fully focused, just the same in hockey. Sometimes you'll be stressed about school and during, during practices or games, you won't be performing your best because you're stressed about something that you're dealing with whether it be school, whether it be social. So uh, like you said, as much as you're pushing on one thing, you got to make sure the other thing doesn't fall too much, 
you got you to be able to balance it out. And I think that's something that a lot of student athletes have to deal with. I just want to talk about that, the student athletes, because that's definitely what we're kind of leading into right now is that dynamic between everything that they're trying to balance out and how difficult it is. Um, I mean, for me, I don't know if a lot of you guys saw, but like, so I, on my first fight, um, there's actually a picture of me, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of weight cutting, you know, I'm in the gym. Um, and I have cue cards just laid out all over and I'm studying for an exam that I have a day before my fight So that dynamic is it's a little bit tough, right? Because you're trying to keep everything balanced out But sometimes it's tough for the student-athlete. So what advice do you have? Um, for you know any any student-athlete out there who's trying to balance everything out right now Honestly on your days where you do have let's say a rest day, you know get your schoolwork done do that But then just rest your body needs it. You need to take a break reset get some good sleep you know, that, that'll fuel you, that, that'll help you during the week, you know, maybe when you're lacking on sleep a little bit. You gotta have that rest day where you're just like, okay, I gotta reset my body, get some good, good food into me, you know, recover. get to sleep early and recover because that's gonna help set you for the rest of the week. You know, preparation, uh, you gotta prepare to win, you gotta prepare to be the best. So on those days where, you know, you have the time to recover, do the best you can because your body will thank you when it's the hardest during the week. 100% I agree with that. All right, well, thanks everyone for tuning in for this episode. Um, we'll be back with more. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, thumbs up, like, share, and uh, don't forget to subscribe. Thanks.